The dogwood is one of my favorite trees. I love when they're in bloom. Last, uh, this past April, I was on my morning run and ran through the Midlothian Mines Park on Woolridge Road. It was early morning, and the dogwoods were in full bloom. I took this picture that you can see on the screen of a bloom that I felt was just waiting for me that morning. Beautiful. The dogwood is rich in Christian symbolism. Its blooms represent the cross, as each consists of four sections. There's, it's in a cross shape, as you can see. The red stamens in the center of the flower are said to represent the crown of thorns that Jesus wore when he was crucified, the red color representing his shed blood. The four points of the blooms are tinged in red, symbolizing the blood from Jesus' hands and feet where they were nailed to the cross, or as Scripture says, nailed to the tree. Lastly, the dogwood flowers during Easter season, which is seen as a reminder to Christians of Jesus' death and his resurrection. The master gardeners probably know this, but dogwood is short for dogberry wood, since the tree is known for its little red berries. The word dogwood comes from an old Anglo-Latin root, dag, which means to pierce or to stab. It's where we get the word dagger. Dogwood trees have hard white wood that was said to have been used to make butcher's knives, skewers, and so forth. Another term for the tree was skewer wood, but we call it dogwood. This image gives uh, us help to understand the prophet Isaiah who said, He was pierced for our transgressions. By his wounds we are healed. And you heard Pastor Jim read that from the New Testament as well. Some of you may have heard the legend of the dogwood. The author who is unknown writes and thinks that the dogwood was configured to form the cross on which Jesus was crucified. The story is pretty neat. There's no biblical evidence that a dogwood tree was used to configure the cross. They're not native to Palestine. However, it is a powerful Christian symbol to us, the dogwood, nonetheless. Rewind a year ago, just after the pandemic started. It was a few days after Easter, again, running through the Midlothian Mines Park. You may not be able to see it well. It's, uh, it was very early in the morning, but the picture shows you the tunnel in the Mines Park that goes under Woolridge Road. I had come through it on the way to the park, made my loop around the lake, and was coming back to go back through the tunnel when I saw the dogwoods in full bloom that shrouded the tunnel. It stopped me in my tracks and reminded me of the empty tomb of Jesus Christ. I can only imagine what it would have been like for the women who arrived at the tomb early that morning to hear the angel say, He is risen just as he had said. Dogwoods are among my favorite trees, and they are certainly rich in Christian symbolism. The type of wood that the Romans used for their cruel, suffocating crosses 
is not necessary for our study today. But the fact is that the Romans and many others in ancient times configured their crosses from trees. They took something, as Pastor, Pastor Matthew said, that, that God intended for good and used it to carry out the death penalty. In Jesus' case, he was an innocent man, perfect and without sin, as the writer of Hebrews tells us. The passage that you heard from Matthew is normally read on Good Friday, the day on which Jesus followed the Via Dolorosa, the road of suffering. John's gospel records that Jesus was forced to carry his own cross. The other three gospels, the synoptics, tell us that a man named Simon of Cyrene was forced by the Roman soldiers to carry his cross the rest of the way to Calvary's hill where they would crucify Jesus. Simon was from Cyrene. He was African. Cyrene is in where uh, modern-day Libya is located now, just below um, Greece, if you look at a map on the, the uh, Mediterranean Sea. Greece up on the north of the sea and Cyrene down uh, below. In Simon, as one writer suggests, we see the oppressed helping the oppressed. This image of a black man carrying the crossbar of Jesus speaks not only to the depths of oppression, but also the power of the oppressed. And I can imagine that Simon was a profound sense of solidarity to Jesus as they struggled together on the road to Calvary. The Gospels record only silence from Simon as he was forced to help Jesus carry his cross. Likely it was the crossbar he carried, the vertical portion of the tree there and on the hill already, um, which was awaiting Jesus. But silence speaks loudly, doesn't it? Can you imagine standing there watching Jesus stumble up the road toward Calvary's hill with Simon close behind him carrying his cross? It truly gives light to the words that Jesus said to his disciples, take up your cross daily and follow me. Can you imagine the way in which Simon helped Jesus, who was only hours from his death? Perhaps he shouldered more of the cross when Jesus could not. Even pausing to help Christ catch his breath. Even without saying a word, Simon showed to God and the world the existence of agency in suffering and thus the power of the oppressed. The cross was cruel. It was the electric chair of the Roman Empire. It was considered the cruelest form of capital punishment in that time. And many believe that it's the most or the cruel, the most cruel or the cruelest in all history. There's no evidence that ancient Israel fastened people to a stake or a cross as the Romans did. Stoning, as you've read throughout the Bible, was preferred. The law did, however, permit a public display of an offender's body on a tree after being executed. We read this in the book of Acts three times, one of which you heard read just a little bit ago. 
But in Israel, in contrast to pagan nations, Israel was commanded to take the person's body down, not letting it remain there overnight. This explains why the Jewish religious leaders were so adamant that Jesus' body be taken down before Sabbath began at sunset. Being hung on a tree was especially repulsive to Israel because it reflected God's curse of the offender. Jesus was accursed by God with the sins of the world, bearing the sins of the world. The scripture says cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. The Romans considered this slave's punishment because it was intended for the lowest members of society. It was preferred for people with, who committed political crimes, desertion, spying, rebellion, and insurrection. Roman um, crucifixion continued well into the 4th centuries in the Common Era when the Emperor Constantine, after his conversion to Christianity, abolished it. And the cross would become a symbol of Christian sacrifice instead of a barbaric method of torture and execution. We see the cross as a symbol of redemption, that God can take even the worst thing and transform it for good. As the preacher said, that's my king. He couldn't, Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah, that's my king. That's my king. As Easter people, we view the cross in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some of the most endearing and enduring hymns speak to the good news of the cross of Jesus. The old rugged cross. When I survey the wondrous cross, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Jesus paid it all, which our choir sang not long ago, and many more that you love, know and love. It is troubling, however, that the cross of Christianity has been twisted and misused by many people throughout history. People have taken this symbol of redemption and grace and have used it to convey hate and that is sad it is not how god intended it at all the nazi symbol is a twisted version of the cross clan members who supported racial segregation and marched with torches they burned crosses in the yards of african americans during the civil rights movement Opponents of Martin Luther King Jr. burned a cross in his front yard, and there's a well-known picture of him pulling the charred cross out of his grasp while his young son stood by and watched. You can think of many other examples for sure. And then there is the dark chapter in American history where African Americans were struggling for justice and equal rights. In his book, The Cross and the Lynching Tree, author James Cone writes this, The sufferings of black people during slavery are too deep for words. Their suffering did not end with emancipation. And Christian theology for African Americans maintained the same challenge to explain the from the perspective of history and faith how life could be made meaningful in the face of death. And how hope could remain alive in the world of Jim Crow segregation. These are the challenges that shape black religious life in the United States. Cone continues, 
At no time was the struggle to keep such hope alive more difficult than the time of the lynching era, 1880 to 1940. In that era, the lynching tree joined the cross, he writes, as the most emotionally charged symbol in the African-American community, symbols that represented both death and the promise of redemption, judgment and the offer of mercy, suffering and the power of hope, which refuses to let the worst determine our final meaning. In her 2017 article in Christianity Today, Portland writer D.L. Mayfield writes of a black man named Alonzo Tucker. He was lynched in 1902 in a coastal town called Coos Bay, Oregon, a few hours south from where she lived. She said, it's the only lynching on record in that state, and the limited known details were enough to catch my throat. Listen to her story. I stumbled upon Tucker's story while researching racial injustice in Oregon and couldn't get it out of my mind. We had a family beach trip coming up, so I told my husband we needed to detour through Coos Bay to visit the site where Tucker had died. My husband drove to the hardware store and bought some lumber and made a large white cross to bring with us. Mayfield writes, more than 4,000 African Americans were lynched between 1877 and the rise of the civil rights movement in the 1950s. It was a brutal public tactic for maintaining white supremacy, frequently used with the tacit blessing of government authorities. She says it was part of the heritage I had never been taught. We went ahead with our plan and drove over to the high school. And she said, this is what I had envisioned. As a steady stream of cars drove past us, there were students everywhere, hardly a place of contemplative silence and respect. I wrote the name Alonzo Tucker, 1902, on the white wooden cross that my husband had made. My husband tried to hammer it into the ground, but the ground was too hard. So we laid it aside the chain link fence and took a few pictures of the cross. I was starting to wonder at all the untold history we would forget of the collective sins we long to most disregard America's tragic history of lynching might top the list. But what struck me on our journey was this. Buried sins cannot be repented of. I believe that with God's help, they can, however, be named, confessed, and remembered by the next generation. Just as we never forget the Holocaust, we must never forget this part of American history. A group, Equal Justice Initiative, is helping our nation to do just this kind of remembering as it has created the Memorial for Peace and Justice in Montgomery, Alabama. Visitors there are able to see large tablets hanging from the square structure with, that are visual reminders of more than 800 counties in our country where lynchings took place. This visual so many markers engraved with so many names will transform this hill overlooking downtown Montgomery into a place of mourning and remembrance, a place to lament 
and perhaps even to corporately confess. I imagine that we would go to that place and weep just as Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept. How we must weep today when the cross of Jesus Christ is twisted into a tool of hatred. I confess to you that I have a lot to learn about this part of our history. And I will never truly be able to understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of our brown and black sisters and brothers or to understand how they feel when they read a scripture that talks about death on a tree. But I can seek to learn and name the hurt. I can take steps toward the true biblical reconciliation so that one day the church will reflect more and more of the body of Christ and that our communities will look more and more like the kingdom of God. In his book, Reforesting Faith, Matthew Sleeth writes, From the moment Jesus was born, someone was trying to kill him. They tried to stab him, stone him, throw him off a cliff, but it didn't work. He'd go 40 days without a meal. He'd get into the ring with the toughest of opponents and walk away after three rounds. But the only thing that killed Jesus was a tree. Galatians 3.13, Paul writes, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. It is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And so when they nailed Jesus to the tree, he began to die. Sleep continues, when we look at trees in many ways, they are like Jesus. They give, they keep giving, they give life and beauty, they give shade and rest. They make clean air. They hold back erosion. They offer shelter, food, and protection. The worst possible thing to use a tree for, he writes, is to kill someone. Yet the crucifix of Jesus is a picture of how low humanity can sink and how far God went to rescue us. You remember the story of Nicodemus in John chapter 3? Nicodemus, a man of wisdom and knowledge and stature, a religious leader, came to Jesus at night and said, what is, does it mean to be born again? And Jesus said this, the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him would have eternal life. Lifted up on the cross and then again raised on the third day. The symbol of Jesus being lifted on a tree is the only one in the Bible that opens up the door to the eternal. Jesus said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people unto myself. Through the Messiah's death, we are offered life. Through his wounds, we are healed. Through through his sacrifice, our sin is forgiven. And none of this works without a tree. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us the grace 